Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to VUX World The Rundown. This is where myself and Dustin Courts. Good morning, Dustin. Hey, Kane. How's it going? Yes, good, good. Thank you. How are you? Doing all right. Looking forward to this. This is one of my, my favorite times of the week, so looking forward to doing the rundown on the news. Indeed. This is what we do. We run down the news and we'll pick out some of the... Um, so I think the last one we did was probably a couple of weeks back, so a lot's happened since then. So we're kind of trying to slice out of the news the highlights, really, that have the biggest implications for uh, brands, designers and developers. Um, so a hell of a lot's happened. There's been absolutely all sorts going on. What we're going to do uh, throughout this episode, uh, obviously we'll, we'll do what we always do in terms of going through the news and picking out those insights. But if you've got any any news items or anything that you'd like us to discuss or any questions that you've got that you'd like me and Dustin to answer in the next episode of The Rundown, then just head to Twitter and hit us up at VUX World and we'll do our very best to either include those news items or answer those questions in the next episode so let's get started we've got the first kind of story that that it's not really a story actually it's adobe have published um a slide deck on slideshare and it's talking about the state of voice assistance and the broad trend as you'll see in most reports is that the adoption is rising and it's forecast to rise even more and that people that own smart speakers uh, are more likely to buy a smart speaker for somebody else and they're more likely to buy another smart speaker for themselves and usage is growing up year on year and it's all it's kind of more confirmation i suppose that that this stuff is uh, is gaining traction dustin yeah, I, the interesting thing uh, on that note that jumped out at me is that they estimate that we're getting to the tipping point of over half of consumers owning a smart speaker after the holidays, wow. uh, which is pretty wild if you think about it. Uh, just uh, you know, just a year ago, but certainly a few years back when when Alexa came out and it was on back order to having more than half of all people. Uh, this may just be in the U.S., I would assume, uh, but more than half of people owning uh, owning a smart speaker. It's it's pretty incredible. It's mental. It is absolutely mental. There was a thing that uh, I come across. There was a talk that was in, uh, I believe this one was at, it was either at, I'll find the source and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. It was either at the Yext event that happened in London this week or it was at uh, the Voice Amsterdam event that happened at, at the beginning of the week and forgive me for not getting the source right, but there's a slide in there and I'll find the person that, that whose slide it was and credit them in the show notes. But essentially, this slide is looking at how many years it took various things to reach 50 million users, right? So I've got a little quiz for you here, Dustin. <laughs> how long do you think it took the TV to reach 50 million users? 50 million. Uh, let's say 20 years. Ooh, close. 22 years. 22, all right. What about the car? Oh, the car, that has to be even longer, right? That's got to be, uh, let's say, 40 years. Ooh, 62 years. I tried to trick you there. I, th- I thought you were going to go down the scale. I thought I'd go back up the scale. The car's a big purchase, right? <laughs> it is, yeah, that's true. And they've been around for, for a lot longer as well. Um. So okay, what what about the uh, what about the computer, the PC? The PC. Uh, let's go with let's go with twelve years for that one. Ooh, you not too bad on your tech history. Fourteen years, the PC. 14, wow. 
All right, so second last smartphone. How long did it take the smartphone to reach 50 million users? Oh, must have been three years tops. Ooh, I'm going to put some sound effects in the back of this because <laughs> you've, done, you've done quite well here. Yeah, three year, three year. Now, the big question, smart speakers. How long has it taken smart speakers to reach 50 million users? This is such a, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm doing fantastic, obviously. This is just a, who can even picture 50 million? Uh, let's, uh, I know this is supposed to be impressive for a smart speaker, so let's go with just the year. Oh, okay, fair enough. It, it's two and a half years. Two and a half, okay, all right. So it's a little bit longer. A little bit longer, but it's faster than smart speakers. I mentioned in the last. Uh, I'm going to get. Uh, as I said, I'll get. I'll get the credit for this slide, and I'll find out hopefully where that um, information comes from. Because I did mention it in the podcast we did with Sean Canungo um, about the fact that it's rising faster than smart speakers, and I knew there was a source out there somewhere, but I couldn't find it. But yeah, there we go. So the ras- rising faster than smart speakers, apparently. Uh, rising faster than smart speakers or smartphones? Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, smartphones, sorry, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. They're Thanks. used to saying smart speakers, they just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, smart speakers is just kind of etched into my uh, my subconscious. Right. Everything's a smart speaker. When I go to sleep, I just close my eyes and there's just smart speakers all over the place. I mean, um, and we don't call them smartphones anymore, they're just... They're just phones. True that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maybe these will just be speakers, and every speaker <laughs> might be a smart speaker. Who knows? <laughs> but the other thing that was interesting about that um, that Adobe slide deck was they've got kind of like typical use cases, or they've got kind of like a, a slide, and again, we'll put all these links in the show notes. There's a slide that kind of highlights all of the use cases. And there's there's kind of they kind of broke it down into three kind of segments so one is primary activities and there's things in there that you'd expect so music is one 70 percent of people are using it to play music um alarms and reminders and weather forecasts the, the second uh chunk is called bite-sized information this is like online search you know basic searching asking questions and asking for directions it's more or less the the standard built-in functionality that you would get on a speaker should we call them speakers now or are we still on smart speakers let's go with smart speakers <laughs> we're not that far down the line yet um but then there's a third category which is the emerging use cases and within there you've got things like uh, you've got making calls and smart home commands and stuff but then you've got stuff like managing finances food delivery playing games hotel and flight research shopping and ordering items and it's not Wildly popular use cases. It's only 13, 17, 20% of, of users that were, that were in, involved in this study that have said that they do that. But what it's kind of showing essentially is that the standard functionality in smart speakers is obviously being used quite a lot, but there is emerging opportunities for these third party skills and third party applications. Would you say that's fair, Dustin? Yeah, I think so. There were, there were a few things that stood out here for sure. Uh, the fact that, so I'm going to go from two different perspectives here. The fact that 13% of people already use it to manage finances is pretty incredible to me. That seems like a large number. Mm. I would I would assume this is probably more of that bite-sized information, uh, more than diverts 20% of my portfolio to, to orange juice features or something like that. <laughs> uh, the other thing that stood out is... 20% playing games, which on this case, it actually feels a bit small. Uh, Amazon, I know, especially has put a lot of emphasis on games. Mm. 
and you know, I'm not I'm not much of a, a gamer for sure. Uh, but to see only twenty percent, and it's not very clear here if this is one time use, is if this is regular use or what it is. But to see only twenty percent, maybe shows that maybe maybe the voice assistants are at least right now leaning a little more serious. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think what's also interesting is that it doesn't actually say, I mean, there's a lot of references to smart speakers, but it doesn't specifically say that everything in this is all about smart speakers. So it says that, you know, the the insights, they surveyed a thousand customers about their usage, ownership and thoughts around voice assistant devices with some interesting insights on smart speakers. So that would lead me to believe that it's not just solely smart speakers. So when I see stuff like 36% of people say that they make calls and 24% of people say that they send and receive text messages, that would lead me to kind of like presume that actually there is um, potentially increased activity around voice assistant access and usage on mobile. Oh, yeah, you'd have to imagine. I I know HomePod's out right now, but I, I don't know how successful that's been, though. Siri on the iPhone, for all for all its uh, failures in a lot of ways, is is quite popular just because of being on iOS and Google Assistant as well. Uh, you speak with people anecdotally, and and more and more, whether they have a smart speaker or not, they're using Assistant or you, they're using Siri more often. Mm. I've I've found myself doing that. Like and I, I keep saying to people that everyone says that Siri is a load of rubbish, and but I I just persist with it. It's only because I've got an iPhone, so I just persist with it and persist with it. And sometimes it's it works all right. So for calls, you know, Siri shortcuts are fantastic because it used to you know the phone numbers in my phone book. Um, the kind of like so for, for Gemma's mum, for example, it it's called I haven't called her by her name. I've said Gemma's mum, Jane, or, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So whenever I try and ring somebody. I need to remember what they're called in my phone book and it's just a nightmare whereas with with the shortcuts that they've introduced you can just essentially set up um so if i want to ring Gemma, rather than saying whatever i've got to save does um I, I can just say ring Gemma or whatever and it'll do it sort of thing so it's I, I found myself sort of persisting with it but it is still frustrating in times where like this morning we were trying to organize a call for monday and i asked siri what 1 p.m pst is in london and it said friday the 12th <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this yeah it's it's funny how it sometimes tries to be just too clever sometimes i was recently searching for this baseball player his name is mark appel mm-hmm. uh appel of course in french is call uh and my phone is <laughs> both in english and french and all of a sudden it started calling my contact mark i'm like no 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 that's not <laughs> not what i wanted i wanted uh, something entirely different <laughs> that's interesting isn't it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it'll it just takes a bit of time, I suppose. But having said that, it takes time. Siri's been around for years, hasn't it? But yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, there's another. So there's things in that in that report uh, around shopping, and there's another piece in Business Insider on uh, shopping. Now there was a report a few month. Well, I say a few months. It was probably about a month ago, and I think it might have been the VoiceBot that that uh, produced it. And essentially, it kind of broken down the number of people who. Um, shop via their voice and when you break it down it was saying something like it's 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 largely amazon prime members 
And it, compared to the number of people who've attempted it, it was like something like 24% or something. I'll, I'll dig out the facts, but I can't remember the exact figures. But in terms of the number of people who've actually did it and then repeated it afterwards, it was something like 2%. It was something really minute. Um, but this study uh, and this survey in uh, Business Insider, and I haven't got the full report because <laughs> it's about $500. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but there is some highlights in there, which is saying that uh, from the survey that they, um, did it was over 1500 uh, this is based on on us shoppers um but 51 percent of them are saying that they're using voice assistance for researching 36 percent are adding items to the shopping list 30 percent are tracking a package you know 22 percent are making a purchase so although there may be some headlines that are telling brands that that people aren't shopping on voice assistants. Maybe we're not at the point where everybody's actually doing making the transaction, but it would certainly seem as though in and around the shopping experience in the lead up to it and even after sales as well, there is still engagement on voice assistants and presumably opportunities, Dustin. Yeah, and I think to completely write it off is a bit short-sighted. And, you know, we talked about this when the original stat came out, I believe, uh, about that small number of purchase. Again, I think on the voice assistant, assistant side, on an Alexa, an assistant, on Siri, etc., uh, yeah, that number is going to be pretty small right now. Uh, but if you expand that again to mobile uh, and you look at voice being at any point of the stage, hmm. if you're a retailer, you have to you have to consider that it's uh you know i saw another stat that said i think a majority of retailers have voice somewhere on their roadmap by the end of 2018 Hmm. so uh it's it's really going to be just sort of something that consumers expect and uh, we have more alexa news but this ties in pretty well to something that google announced as well which is uh being able to buy digital goods right there with them assistance and not just that but being able to do it i believe almost entirely or entirely through voice when paired with google sign-in for assistant which allows people to sign into an, an action or actually sign in to a website if they use something like oauth which connects uh google to a website like you see log in with google log in with facebook all of that kind of mechanism doing that entirely through voice and that's something where i think that's really going to increase the the number of people shopping or at least spending money through voice because it decreases friction and you can see sort of that end game for google and amazon because if you're if you're adding your credit cards to google to make it easier to shop through voice then they're going to get a cut of it. It's going to be easy for you to spend money on Google Shopping or or wherever else uh, they can build that into ads. They can do whatever. Uh, so I think this is this is a big news. I think it flew under the radar a bit uh, with the other Google announcements with Alexa sometimes just sort of sucking the air out of the news sometimes as the behemoth. <laughs> uh, but I think this is really big. Yeah, because that's one of the, I mean, the whole concept and the whole point really of of voice in many cases is that it's such a time saver and it's such a, a frictionless kind of medium when it's done right. Um, and I think one of the things that certainly is, is kind of 
aggravated me in, in terms of some of the stuff I've been trying to do. I do a lot of testing on them, obviously, and, and you kind of like you. Sometimes I think you can overlook stuff sometimes when you're just kind of playing around with it and you've got no real need to use it. You're just sort of testing stuff out. You can kind of like you hit roadblocks and stuff, and you kind of just think, ah, oh, well, and, and you kind of just sort of ignore it. But when you actually want to use it and really use it to do something and get something done one of the big pain points i've found is that kind of the uh the sign-in part you know so the the so alexa or google or whoever will will kind of stop the experience send you a link then you need to go to the link and sign up to the to the website and only once you've signed up can you then go back to the skill like i don't know whether dominoes has improved but that was what happened with the dominoes skill is that you had to you'd start the experience and you couldn't really go any further until you've kind of authenticated and logged into your Domino's account. But you had to do that on your mobile. So it all got a little bit clunky and disjointed. But this potentially is, is a huge step forward to make all of that seamless. Yeah, and I don't know how much of this is the end game. But if, if the if a system really takes off even more than it already is and, and all of these brands are on it, if all these brands are on, a, on Alexa there's incentive for them to then add that sign in with Amazon or pay with Amazon or sign in with Google to their websites and their mobile apps as well. Mm -hmm. So that those accounts are already joined uh, for the user. And that further expands the reason further expands the data that both of those companies have, Mm -hmm. Uh, because now they not only know what you're doing on a system, but they are also know, you know, what web other websites you're a member of every time that you sign in. Mm-hmm. That presumably, I mean, that was probably getting more into the privacy side of things, I suppose. But having said that, if you're signing in with Google, then presumably you are, you're authenticating with Google. So you, you're obviously open to share that data. But I'm wondering whether that has any um, kind of implications for almost... So we, we talk about multimodal all the time and, and, you know, like, you know, if you, you ask for something with your voice, you might get it uh, visually or you might ask for something in your headphones and it'll play back in your smart speaker or whatever that kind of, <clears throat> uh, whatever that experience is. This almost has the potential to join that up, doesn't it? For example, you could potentially, if you signed into your, your smart speaker uh, with Google and you use, a, for example, a, a podcast skill, through Google Action, through a uh, Google Action, through Google Assistant, and then if you've already signed in through Google there, and you've signed into the podcast app through Google on your phone, then then you're in the realms of being able to stop playing the podcast on your smart speaker and continue playing it from where you left off on your phone. Oh yeah, absolutely, and, and I think some of the other news that we saw this week really goes to show that at least these companies think that multimodal is. Is the future? I think the, what I'm thinking of is two news. One, one fairly small, which is this AVS dev kit for set-top boxes. So AVS and Alexa voice service. It allows people to put Alexa into devices, and they're just releasing this dev kit for set-top boxes, cable boxes, TV boxes, especially. Uh, I know Amazon's moving into this. Google's moving into this. From a company perspective, from a cable company, I'm not sure how comfortable I would be inviting them, <laughs> inviting them in because they are quite directly competing uh, with those companies. But sometimes I think the consumers really drive that demand. Mm. But another piece of news as well, which a lot more attention was the release of the Google Home Hub, mm-hmm. which uh, came, we spoke about on the last rundown, I believe. But this is another 
device with a screen, I guess you can call it a voice first device with a screen mm-hmm. competing very directly with uh, the Echo Show and competing a little bit with another device that we'll talk about a little bit later that was released from a third company altogether. Uh, but this one was interesting because uh, a low price point, $149 uh, compared to, I don't remember the Echo Show. I think it's closer to maybe 200 hmm. It's been a while since I purchased mine. Uh, but also uh, no, no camera on there as well. Uh, what, what did you make of the Home Hub? Are you going to buy one? Are you going to have one to your home? I think over, over time, um, I'll, I'll hopefully, uh, this is the way I'd see it going, is that, is that my office will just be full of all of these things for the sake, for the sake of exploring them. In terms of having it to use um, in the house, I like the idea of it. I'm, I just wonder whether the camera will end up, kind of, or the lack of a camera will end up um, holding it back a little bit. Um, but it's it's definitely a, a step towards you know another step towards the multimodal thing. And you said that we mentioned it last time on the rundown. That it was a rumor when we mentioned it, but then it was announced um, a couple of days ago. But yeah, I think what you were saying is is right in terms of it's another kind of step towards a, a multimodal uh, future, I suppose. And I think that um, we mentioned this again on the rundown, and I, su- I suspect that this is going to be something that we profess from here on out, probably constantly, and people are probably going to get sick and tired of hearing us saying it, but you know, voice first or voice only is obviously still always going to be there and still going to increase and rise in terms of its adoption and its potential. But, you know, if if you have a, an action or a skill, if you have, a, if you've got one in development or if you're considering getting involved in and kind of uh, beginning that journey, then I think the earlier you can start playing around and testing with, with multimodal experiences and the more you can learn about it at this stage, it will stand you in a good stead entirely because I can see, you know, you've got that AVS available for set-top boxes. You've got, um, you know, Amazon releasing the uh, the new version of the Echo Show. You've got Fire TV. You've got the a whole swathe of announcements that Alexa announced a few weeks back, which, you know, is all screen kind of. A lot of them are screen um, come with a screen. So I can kind of imagine that uh, everything everything becomes more fluid, doesn't it? So it doesn't really matter where you're at, what you're doing. There's a device near you that will be able to handle whatever it is that you need. So the kind of example I was giving um, when I was speaking to a few people over the last few weeks is that if you can imagine just sitting in your front room, um, you know, and this is this is becoming in handy for me while I'm sitting there feeding the baby, and I almost wish I had this. Uh, is that you know when it comes to either shopping or content, speaking to Alexa, speaking to Google, but then having things displayed either on your TV, for example, um, and then being able to continue the experience through your TV. It's almost like you've got interactive TV, you've got interactive stories, you've got you know interactive shopping, whereby you potentially be speaking to an an actual shop assistant almost as you can kind of browse through the product offering so it's this is obviously very very early days and it's easy to just imagine where it can go but i think that the the early signs are that multimodal and screen and voice together are certainly going to become more and more apparent and and as i say the earlier that people can start thinking about incorporating that into their existing skills the better yeah yeah i i think you're spot on the screen is going to be so important and in fact, there's a the third device that we alluded to, which is pretty much just all screen, uh, which is Facebook Portal. What about that one? Is that one finding a place in your home? <laughs> it won't find a place in my home, I don't think. To be to be totally <laughs> honest, 
I, I, I stopped using Facebook probably about two years ago, three years ago maybe, um, it, because it started getting just a bit ridiculous. It was either full of content that I wasn't bothered about anymore, or it was full of like you know, as soon as soon as your mum and your grandma ends up on Facebook, <laughs> it starts becoming a time when you need to start thinking about moving elsewhere because it's uh, yeah, it's a bit intense. You, you're posting something up there that you think is really cool and hip, and then your mum comments on it with a little smiley face and says, "I remember." when you wanted this when you were three year old <laughs> so so but but i've started using it a bit more recently because there is a good voice community on there so i've, I've kind of have been engaged with it a little bit more but back to the the, the part i think that probably because i don't use facebook that often you know my my sort of network is spread across many different networks i don't know whether or not i'd specifically get value from it however it does have alexa built in does have a pretty decent looking camera so for my, my personal opinions don't really matter to be honest because i think from a from a branding perspective i think the opportunities with that will be quite vast providing facebook can get over the hurdle of of the uh, privacy stuff that that's been going on recently um but what about you is this going to find a place in your kitchen not at all not at all i mean <laughs> if facebook wants to send me one for free then i'll consider it but uh i I just don't have, I have no need for this one. Uh, you know, we, I actually bought my wife's parents an Echo Show uh, last Christmas, I believe. Uh, and my wife uses it every single weekend to call them uh, from France to Texas wow. uh, with that video capability. So I can see that being really interesting. And the portal, it's especially the portal plus, it's a beautiful device, uh, but it just feels too late. Uh, mm. Facebook, has this has this uh, reputation now of not caring about privacy, and certainly they put some privacy concern uh, controls in there. And in fact, uh, there's a physical camera cover, so I think they know what the reputation is, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I just I can't see this being being very successful. Uh, I could be proven wrong, but uh, how many people are on Facebook today and uh, or saying, I really want just a Facebook-specific device. Mm. It seems to be kind of... So, you know, Facebook as a, as a platform and as a company from a from a sort of brand from a brand perspective it is obviously huge you know you've got facebook advertising which is you know the targeting on facebook advertising is unbelievable you've got kind of uh, instagram and whatsapp wrapped up within there and um, facebook messenger is incredibly useful for brands and, and, and getting more and more uh, popular with, with users same as as whatsapp and, and the whatsapp business chat that, the, that they're in beta with right now has huge potential so it's it's you know, I mean, from from a consumer perspective, I don't know whether or not there is going to be a, a huge, huge need for it because how often do you video call people? You know, maybe it's once a day if you if you you know for if you're really kind of active on with video calling potentially if in terms of friends and family, not kind of business. Um, so from a consumer perspective, it's a bit it's a bit of a weird one. From a from a business perspective, it's easy to imagine that you know Facebook Messenger would uh, be able to be rolled out into this, and WhatsApp could be incorporated into it, and then you'd have a, a hands free messaging kind of uh, thing with a screen, which is another multimodal voice and screen based thing, which it could turn into. And so you can see that that, that it could turn into something, and with that could come opportunities for brands to to extend their WhatsApp or or Facebook Messenger presence across into this environment and incorporate visuals into it and whatnot it's just i think that 
you need the consumer adoption before you even consider doing stuff like that. And, and that's where I, I'm a little bit unsure about on this one. Yeah, I, I, time will tell. Time will tell for sure. I'd be interested in hearing from our listeners as well. Uh, you know, tweet at us, tell us, tell us if you think Portal is going to be a success or you think it's going to be a short-lived experiment from Facebook. Yeah, do that, and we'll 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 read some of the comments out in the next episode. Tweet at VUX World, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll read out some of your some of your comments next time. Um, before we wrap up, then there's a couple of other interesting Alexa things going on. Uh, there's two. One quick one we'll do is is uh, the Alexa for Business uh, has announced room bookings. So now, if you use Alexa for Business, or if you don't use Alexa for Business, then you've got another reason to consider using it because there's an API available now, which will enable you to uh, essentially you can build a voice first booking system for your company which um is is a i can see that being an incredibly interesting use case providing it can work uh seamlessly you've already got things on amazon for uh, amazon alexa for business rather where you can um you know if you say start the meeting or what have you you can uh, you know pull up your slides and you can find um find your documents and whatnot uh, you can get things done a lot quicker but now dustin you can you can also you can also book rooms yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, this is another one where I, I know people are doing it, but uh, I know a lot of businesses are also really wary of bringing Amazon on board. Uh, Amazon competes with nearly everyone, or if they don't today, they will soon. Uh, and so, inviting Amazon in uh, from a from this kind of perspective, I'm not. Sh- I think people are going to be wary, hmm. and I'm not. Uh, this is a case where I'm not actually sure how much voice adds. So they're working with Joan. They're working with Robin. Here we use uh, Robin. I know plenty of people who use Joan. Mm-hmm. You put it on, we put it actually on, on Fire tablets, uh, and it works well. You go and you can see at a glance uh, if the room is available. You don't need to speak to it. It seems, mm-hmm. it seems like adding voice just to add voice in this one. What do you think, Ken? I think that I think that um, if you stood outside the room, then I think obviously a visual display is a lot better. But I think that if you if you're sitting at your desk, then being able to say, you know, Alexa, book me a meeting room for three people on Thursday at ten, and then just have that understand which rooms are available at the appropriate size for three people, um, and make that booking for you. I think that's where the value is because you can you can get that done without having to do a load of clicking around and messing about trying to find rooms which is always a bit of a especially if you don't have a booking system that, that has the intelligence to do that you know if you say i just want to want a one with two people uh, and you want a space to do that in um then there's no point in booking out a room for 12 people which could be used for 12 people if they needed it so if you can if you can incorporate that kind of um, you know functionality into it and you can extend it because most of the examples that they've given here in in this release and it's not out yet it's coming soon to uh, to beta but the the example kind of phrases that they're given is you know Alexa book this room for half an hour and Alexa is this room free and Alexa who booked this room so it kind of leads me to believe that you need to be stood where the room is talking to an that's hooked up to that one particular room um so if that's the case then then i think you're right i think that that it might be a little bit of an overkill um because and, and as well as that you will need an echo for every single room which you know it's not wildly expensive but it but it's still you know um but if it if it is you know 
the extension of being able to just sit there and just ask Alexa to book a room for X many people on X many day, uh, on, X, on whatever day it is, then, then I can see the use for that 100%, but I'm not sure whether that's what this is. Yeah, you just you just gave me this nightmare-ish image of open floor plans where everybody's talking to their computers nonstop. <laughs> I, I hope that's not our future for sure. But uh, yeah, this will be another interesting one to see how much. And, you know, they already have starting video calls within rooms. So this, this seems like a natural add-on there. Mm, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Um and the last one then, the last story we've got today is all around skill to skill connections. So, I mean, I'm surprised that we, I know that we've, it's kind of flown the way it's flown this, but this was, this is quite a, um, a interesting announcement, this, and it's maybe whether it's saving the best to last, I don't really know, but it certainly does intrigue me a hell of a lot. So this announcement essentially is that um, you can use, you can essentially join two skills together. So there are at least five types of uh, connections. So you can use, um, for example, images, PDF, web page. There's something to do with food establishments and taxi reservations. So through connecting skills together, or if you you enable your skill to be connected to another skill, then the use case that they give the example of here is, for example, you could book a food reservation at a restaurant through the skill. And at the same time, uh, through that skill, that skill would connect to the Uber skill, for example, and reserve you a taxi to pick you up to take you there. Um, and there's things around, uh, it's it's on about printing as well. So, for example, if you, I don't know, for example, you might book a train ticket via Virgin, but then you could print that ticket out via the Epson skill, uh, all in one interaction, all at the same time. Um, I'm sure that the use cases for this will extend, and, and it sounds quite interesting um but it, yeah it sounds quite what, what do you think dustin on that one yeah I, I think two things are interesting one is that people still own printers apparently <laughs> uh, I, I, I haven't met anyone who does but no, uh, I. Not for a long I'm sure time. some of our listeners out there have a printer in their home uh, which congratulations for like maintaining maintaining <laughs> their retro fill uh the the other interesting thing of course is that uh, it is quite scoped. You know, this is something that people have been asking for, I think, and certainly thinking about for a while. And and they're not just opening it up to everything. Uh, that seems interesting at first, but then once you start thinking about it, it gets quite messy. Because if you hand it off to from one skill to another skill, and then that skill hands it off, who's who's answering at the end of the day who's really responsible which skill is responsible for that and so because you have just these five connections we're really just two printing and, and scheduling uh it makes it a little bit more clear what can happen and it's i think this is often what uh what the alexa team does is it opens up to very small use cases and then expands it so i can easily see us having more than just these these five mm-hmm. uh, down the line if this is successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that 
you know, you're going to start small and test it with a few specific ideal use cases, aren't you? Um, but I think it, it does sound interesting. I, I'd wonder how you would, as a, as a user, how you would go about setting that up. I think from a, from a, um, you know, from a skill developer's perspective or from a brand perspective, it's, it's interesting because you can essentially enhance your customer experience by handling another request or, or handing them off in the right place to another request um, or place where you can fulfill your request. So it's, it's almost it makes it makes the whole experience a lot more um kind of i don't know whether i don't know whether it is seamless because i haven't tried it but it makes it a lot more rounded and and you can fulfill a, a whole suite of actions at one time so it sounds good from a from a from a kind of brand perspective what potential what the potential might be i just wonder how how you would go about actually setting that up from a user whether whether the skill itself will um suggest that for example so once you've booked that restaurant does it suggest that you uh, book a taxi via taxi via uber um, and if so then potentially then this could be the first step towards you know a whole world of uh, of you know referrals and and things like that which which could be um depending on how amazon roll it out if it does go that way it could be potentially exciting yeah that was my first question as if I choose the Uber skill or the, over the Lyft skill, am I going to get a kickback from Uber mm. or or not? That's that's what's interesting to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. We'll see how that one plays out. That's uh, it's all a bit unclear. That the, the even the post that announced it is a, is a very short piece. It's probably only four hundred words or so. So I think it sounds as though it's it's pretty pretty early. But you know the potential for that is is uh, is pretty good. So we'll see we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, so yeah, there we go. That, that's that's the rundown. We've, there's a hell of a lot been going on recently. Um, I think we've covered a, a few a few decent announcements uh, in this episode. As Dustin mentioned, let us know what you think of the Facebook portal uh, device and whether it's something that you will be going for or not, and what you think the potential is for it. Uh, and also, if you've got any other questions for me and Dustin that you'd like us to answer in the next episode, let us know. And alternatively, any news stories as well that you'd like us to discuss, just tweet us all that at at the ux world dustin it's been a good one yeah i think it really has looking forward to the next one already 